Hey guys, welcome to the Babbling Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Rob. Stay with us as we talk about church, theology, culture, and everything in between. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Michael from the Babbling Pastor Podcast coming to you from my bunker at my undisclosed location. Actually, it's a camper in my driveway. Uh, <laughs> so... Oh, you really just tipped your hand there. <laughs> I did. You're right. Any minute now, the FBI will be coming in. Um, make this a quick episode then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, guys, thanks for coming back. I'm Michael. That's Rob. If you are just now joining us for this particular podcast... Um, then you're wrong! I feel like I had to growl, too. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, this month we are covering red flag phrases um, by the time uh, literally this is the last episode of the month so by the time you're getting here this is a long forgotten trend that was on Twitter that because I am uh, what do they call that an old fogey a um, um, I don't know I don't know what the kids call us because I'm so disconnected at this point but uh, this was a trend on Twitter that uh, somebody would tweet out a phrase that they would be, hey, if somebody said this, it's a red flag and you need to watch out. And I tweeted out a few of my own. We've been covering that all this month. You can go back through the last three episodes and see what those were. Today, we are going to cover the phrase, the Bible isn't authoritative or the standard that a believer should have. Now, before we get too far into this, to be fair, this is only something I've heard a handful of times, normally from people that are um, deconstructing or working um, kind of their way out of the Christian faith and into more of a, um, a syncretistic sort of new ageism that still holds on to Christianity a bit. So to be fair in this phrasing, this is, this would be what you'd probably hear from an everyday believer in a Bible believing church. And if you did, there'd probably be (laughs) for sure. Um, But Um, this isn't so outside of the realm of possibility that this could be somebody that is attending a church somewhere that is coming with this belief that the Bible is, you know, inspiring in so much as it inspires you to be good or that it's helpful, but not authoritative. And that's really the two things that we're going to be looking at today primarily is, um, the Bible isn't just helpful is actually authoritative and it's not just inspiring in regards to, um, you know, what it moves you to do, but rather inspired by God himself. And therefore that's why it is the standard. So um, with that being said, uh, Rob's still making notes here. I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, you're fine, man. All right. Get so after it. Where, um, is there a particular place you want to start on that? Um, on those, those well, points? I mean, we could, we could start um, by asking what that person thinks the word commandment means. I mean, uh, that could be a start. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that some of that probably comes from, like you said, folks who are maybe deconstructing, um, I, would ca- I would call, use that as we said in that uh, last month. Uh, was it last month that we talked about deconstruction or the month before? It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. I don't. No, no, no. It was two months. It was two months ago. Yeah. yeah. So two months ago, we talked. This is how much we pay attention to things. Uh, Yeah. Leave it in the past, bro. Um, But you know, as as I said during that month, um, uh, deconstruction isn't a real thing, right? It's it's really um, your your mom and dad's faith either becomes yours or you weren't a Christian anyway. Um, But 
that that whole idea part of what people run into there is um you start hearing things on the internet or some scholars or whatever critical scholars who are gonna begin to make you doubt that the bible is the word of god anyway um and so how could it therefore be authoritative in the christian's life um you begin to devalue uh, the scriptures as the Holy Scriptures and the Word of God. Um, I, I don't think someone who believes that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of the Living God to, you know, all all who would hear Him. I don't think that someone like that is going to make this argument. Yeah, is that no, fair? Sure. Yeah, that'd be fair for sure. So um, with that, I mean, I think one place that we could begin, even though this is honestly, this is another podcast, but um, is why, why a person should believe that the scriptures are the word of God. And right there, there are many, many evidences of that. Um, the, the, the fact that it was written by eyewitnesses um, uh, or uh, during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Right. And so that's, that's actually a proof in and of itself, because what you don't see is a whole lot of extra biblical writing. Uh, you, so you hear John and Matthew and Mark and Luke make these claims, but what you don't hear from the secular world at that time is a whole lot of, no, no, that's not true. Um, you don't hear lots of rebuttal. You don't, you don't really hear any. Um, and so um, there would have been rebuttal if if there uh, if there wasn't a whole lot of truth to this Jesus guy, right? There would have there would have been a lot of people going, okay, that's funny. You're you're pretty crazy right now, right? And you don't have that. So that's one thing. There's also, I think, the biggest proof for a lot of people is the prophecy fulfillment thing, right? Like that's that's something that um, I I'm gonna get it wrong, but I think there are. Uh, over 1,800 prophecies in Scripture that explicitly were fulfilled. Um, uh, and that's a big deal, right? I mean, because this isn't like Nostradamus random, you know, like, oh, someday uh, the sun is going to die because it's a star. You know, like, this isn't that kind of prophecy where you just shoot in the dark like a lot of charismatic kind of thinking today, right? Where you just shoot in the dark and, oh, someone out here is... Uh, uh, you have a back problem. Epileptic. You have a, some, some sort of epilepsy. Uh, you have... Uh, oh, your nose bleeds. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that's you then that I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not that sort of thing. It's like verbatim, right? So one of the... Um, we won't even get into messianic prophecies about Christ coming because that was like boom, 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 boom fulfilled exactly to the letter. Um, but, but even things outside of uh, Messiah, right? There are other prophecies that are like, just so um, one of those is that the King Cyrus of Persia, the King of Persia, Persia um, was mentioned by name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hundreds. Uh, well, between one and 200 years before he was ever born and had a name. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that that and that kind of stuff happens all throughout Scripture. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I think the first step in believing that the Bible is authoritative is understanding that it's the word of God. Right. And you you're if you don't believe that you're never going to believe it's authoritative. Right. I mean, of yeah, course, exactly. Yeah. Stories and stuff, then who cares? Right. I would say that, too. If that's all it is, then I don't care either. I'm wasting my time every day, you know. <laughs> 
So, yeah. Well, and that that's and that's going to be really the the breakdown there um, between somebody that would say something like that that the Bible isn't authoritative for a believer's life because um, to for something to be authoritative, it has to have some weight. It actually has to have some consequence. It actually has to um to mean something to them which is um why i think that for well i think sometimes that's why um at least in our day and age people might start making those claims because they've seen that for some believers it doesn't have that authority right that it's oh well either it doesn't mean that or it doesn't apply to me or i don't really like there's just the hypocrisy sort of leads to that as well um in some regards which should be sort of an implication on believers to be like, okay, well, what do I really believe? Am I following it? Am I, you know, I think to your point to what you said about um, there being proof for it a hundred percent, like I, you're definitely going to have, and this is what I would encourage anybody to do. Um, I am not a scholar. I am not even close to the smartest person in any room I'm in, but if you would go to watch debates between. Wait, uh, wait, wait, even right now, even right now, even right now. So, uh, so if, if you are listening or watching or whatever, he's alone in a room right now. That's, that's a big statement, bro. So, so if uh, um, I would encourage you to like YouTube, like debates between like, um, I know people don't like James White, but I really don't care if you don't like him or not. But James White and the people he debates on scriptural authority. Um, watch a couple Bart Ehrman debates with scholars that they put up against him. Uh, or he puts up against himself. Like these are good debates to have. And, and the good thing about these debates, regardless of who you pick, is that you it's going to make you think. That's the point here. Is that I can say the Bible's authoritative, Rob can say the Bible's authoritative and give you like reasonings and proofs. But what's gonna help you come to that determination is like seeing both sides of incredibly intelligent individuals like go back and forth on this and that'll give you some meat to chew on. Um, now again, full disclosure, obviously I believe the scripture is authoritative. So when I, when I watch a Bart Ehrman debate, there are holes that I see in his, his side of things, but they are helpful because at least that way I know where he's coming from and what he's thinking. So that when I have discussions with people, I kind of have a better insight on that. But I think what you said there at the conclusion of what you were talking about is right on. What it comes down to is eventually you're not going to think the Bible's authoritative. You're not going to care at all what Paul says about, you know, how to run a church. If you don't think his words are inspired, you're going to think he's just some other goofball saying whatever he wants to say, influenced by his culture and doesn't apply now. There was recently somebody that said that they, they respect Jesus's words, but they hold Paul's words with a little bit of suspicion. And that person does not hold the authoritative uh, scripture as authoritative because they're like, well, Paul's just some dude then. Um, and again, you have to wrestle through that. Like, it's not as simple as being like, oh, well, I believe it. Well, you might until somebody questions you on it, until you come across to Bart Ehrman or somebody like him, um, which is why I would encourage you, watch those debates, take really good notes. Don't, don't do modern, modern research, which means I Googled it. Like, actually... <laughs> Like actually read and take like a long, like a year or more, like going through things and looking at it because at the end, this really is important for you. Um, Life and death eternally important. Yeah, exactly. Like the words there mean something. Um, 
And for them to actually influence your life, they have to mean something to you, which means you actually believe that it is authoritative, that it is God's word. So, um, which is why I would contend that a lot of churches, a lot of their structure, a lot of what they preach, like at the core of it, some of these pastors don't really believe that it's God's word. Because if they did, you'd be more careful with it and you'd be more precise in what you did. So. So I think um, there's also an issue. So th- this is really only a two-step issue. Yeah, really. In my, right? It's, do I believe that the Bible is the word of God? Okay. If, if the answer is no to that, then you're always going to think that the scriptures are not authoritative to your life. If you do believe that, this, that the Holy Scriptures, the canon of scripture is the very word of God, then there's no question it's authoritative in your life. Um, and, and because it claims to be. Um, uh, 1 Peter 2, uh, halfway, uh, halfway through that chapter, 1 Peter 2.13, um, he's telling the um, church to um, uh, be subject to every human authority, or authority institution, right? Um, and so uh, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, which we referenced uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Anyway, episode one. That, yeah. That, yeah. So that that um, text uh, is is sort of a proof text of the, the importance of the Old Testament and the New Testament and that they were God speaking. OK, um, so if if that's true, okay, then then I have to think, why why would um, Peter um, tell the church to be subject to human authority, to human institutions, but it wouldn't be assumed or important for them to be subject to God's words, right? Yeah, I think one vastly outweighs the other. So even logically in scripture, you see that kind of play out like, duh, right? Um, and then Second uh, Peter 2.16 through whatever, I really like that uh, as well, because Peter basically tells the people um, uh, in the second letter, uh, he tells the people, we, we did not uh, follow cleverly devised myths this isn't this isn't about some magic mythical thing right he's actually claiming that scripture isn't false that it's not fake that it's not just some arbitrary stories and stuff like that he's claiming this isn't this isn't that this is eyewitness accounts um, of what happened what we saw with our eyes um and uh, and so mark the book of mark the gospel of mark comes sort of from uh, Peter, uh, who uh, was sort of the mentor of Mark, and and so most most people would um, secede that that Mark is is also in some ways Peter's gospel account um, because he heavily influenced John Mark, um, and so th- this is this is eyewitness stuff, right? Um, and so and and Scripture claims. Um, Psalm 119 is like the longest psalm in all of the psalms, right? It's, it's really long. And it begins with, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. What's the law? 
the, the, the scriptures of the Old Testament, right? Um, the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Uh, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Um, and then he goes on. Uh, so th there's, th there's no question, if you believe the Bible is the word of God, then the obvious playing out of that is, I believe that it's authoritative in my life. Yeah, so academically, right, in, in our mind, that's how it goes. I think there's also pract practicality that is problematic, though, because one thing that you do see is a lot of Christians who would say, um, yes, the Bible is the word of God. Yes, it's authoritative over my life. Now let me live my life contrary to the word of God and don't convict me. Um, and that's a problem, right? Yeah. So by, by our, our actions, a lot of times, man, we live in this way that, you know, we say, okay, scripture says flee sexual immorality. Got it. And then two days later, you're watching porn, right? Like that, that's a real issue. People know what the word says. They would say it's authoritative. And yet there's, there's a lack of change happening in a lot of folks. Um, and that doesn't add up either. So do you really believe that it's the word of God? Do you really believe that it's authoritative? At least in this moment, do you, right? Yeah. So no, a lot I of issues. Yeah, and I think going back to the end part of that statement I made as far as uh, the Bible isn't authoritative or the standard for a believer's life, I think um, going to your point there, this is not to say, and I do want to clarify this before I make the statement, this is not to say someone that, for example, use your example, knows, says it's the word of God, but then falls into sexual sin. Um, that's not to say they're not a believer. It's simply to say that right. you need to come to terms at some point with like how seriously do i take this then? because if 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 you do take it seriously you know that god is holy and that um i mean for example ananias and sapphires were were killed for lying so it's there's some severity there so um it's one of those things that like do we understand that not that he's going to strike you dead because you do that but um that there is that level of 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 holiness there that that that's the like so in the passage that iron ashes to fire die um the idea here is that there was much fear struck among the believers the idea being that oh this god is serious like this yeah. this is a this isn't something you play with um real talk yeah so it's one of those things that we have to come to the realization i think again because we're separated so much from the early church and uh, there's all these lenses on top of it like we think that we can play around with god like it's not a big thing like oh he'll just forget it um where if we were to actually understand that this is where for example um the um oh, i forget the exact terminology but people use where there's certain there's a certain way that god deems that he's worthy of being worshiped and this is how you do it and if you do it outside of that um, which is why some people have issues with like, for example, certain ways of modern worship or certain things that happen in modern worship, certain words that are used. Um, the, the idea is that like, if you understand who God is, it's not that you're going to forget in certain moments. It's just that like how you understand him to be is going to drive what you do. Right. So even if you do fall, you're going to repent where the scenario that I'm setting up that I've, I have a handful of people that I know have made that statement what you really have to come to the conclusion is, is that you're not a believer anyway, if you make that statement. So to put this in a practical, practical way, 
Um, I remember when I used to long, like, I mean, this is 20 years ago, probably I was at a job and it was one of the, another mindless job where you do the job and you can talk. And there was this guy named Tim and Tim said he was a Christian. Uh, we, the conversation came up because I had just gotten out of college, gotten this job. He asked where I went to college, what I went to college for. And we were talking about church and ministry and things like that. And Tim had said that he was a believer. So I started asking, oh, okay, well, what do you, you know, I mean, where do you go to church and all these other questions, like the basic questions. Um, and we talked about this for a couple of weeks at the end of the two weeks, Tim was like, actually, you know, something, the more we've talked, the more I realize I'm just really agnostic, I guess, because as we actually went through the gospel, as we actually went through what it means to be a believer, to pursue holiness, to be sanctified, Tim came to the realization that he was a, I went to VBS, said a prayer one time. I don't really believe this. It's just the only thing I knew. So obviously not the not the optical outcome, obviously <laughs> it would have been better if he would have understood Jesus believed and repented. But, um, he did come to the conclusion though, that, to get back to my point here, that he wasn't really a believer in the first place. He didn't really believe the word. He didn't really hold his authoritative. He didn't really think God had anything to, to, to say into his life. Um, so I think we do have to wrestle if, if anybody, if we're saying terms like this, like, well, the Bible isn't authoritative. Okay. Then, are you really a believer then? Like that, it's just a question that you have to ask. Like if it's not the word of God, then what does it have to do with anything in your life? Like, so, I mean, I think we do have to come to terms with that, that there is a point, like you said, it's a two-step process. It's either you do believe or you have to come to the realization that maybe you don't. And that's not, I mean, I don't want that outcome for you, but. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that, um, there is, um, I, I was trying to think of that <laughs> while you were talking, I was trying to think of that, um, what that form of board, that ideology with what yeah. is called. And, um, and I, I can't, I can't think of it, but, um, but yeah, the, I think that that's, that's, uh, that's the tension, right? I mean, I say that from the pulpit here, um, as as we get more and more, um, I mean, as culture gets more and more obviously uh, the way that it is, right? That more and more away from Christendom, away from it's popular to be a Christian, away from these ideas, um, or or away from um, it's popular to be a Christian, but just not an Orthodox Christian who believes all of this stuff. Um, it, it's more important than ever um, practically that we believe that the Bible is the word of God, that we believe it's authoritative and that we understand how important it is. Um, and, and so I, I, I say this from the pulpit um, often when the text um, allows it, that um, how, how you live tells us what you believe about that yeah right i mean it really does practically how i'm living if i if i go to bible studies or whatever and my life is never changing well then i'm gaining a lot of great information and that's it and it doesn't matter anyway um and i'll often say things like if if um if you're not um reading scripture if this is just a check in the box if you're never you know uh, like growing and there's no evidence happening in your life then man you're wasting your time i mean i'm wasting my time if this isn't true 
That's why every theological work in the history of mankind tends to begin with the word of God or revelation of God um, and not with God himself, because all the other pieces of systematic theology are stupid and untrue if the word isn't the word. It's a right? really big book that means nothing. <laughs> if, if, right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so if, <laughs> if, um, if the scripture isn't the word of God, there are better novels to read. I mean, if that's, if this isn't true and, and so, and you would much rather read the other novels if the, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, right. Um, so it, it really is a tension though, because as Christians um, who believe the Bible, we also understand that that teaching of scripture is very clearly that um, though we've been made new as believers, there remains this flesh that is at war with us all the time. The old man is still kind of there and we need to be killing that person over and over every day. And, and so there is that tension because there are so many things I know. And as a pastor, there are so many things I know in scripture that I really struggle to follow. It's yeah. like a real war and I fail. And, um, you know, I, we've been, Michael, you know about this. I'm not going to say it over publicly over the air, but we've been dealing with some stuff as uh, myself and elders and, and now as a church that is big right? It's big and weighty and difficult to wade through. Um, and, and hard decisions have to be made. And, and so um, my confession that is relevant to this conversation is that I've, I, I really struggle with carrying that weight myself and trying to think through it myself and not, and, and like, believing the truth that, that, that I shouldn't be leaning on my own understanding and, but, but living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that should be, he should be the person that carries that weight. His burden is easy, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's one way that I've lately been struggling to actually believe that this is the word of God practically yeah. and live it out, right? And I think we all have those things and there is a tension there, but we all have to be can constantly called back to this is the word of God. Now let it change you. Yeah, for sure. Um, two points real quick. One, it's called the regulative principle. Ah, yes. I had to look it up. Thank uh, you. So, and two, to kind of, kind of sum up my last points here is that I think that's what it, it will ultimately come down to. I made a, a statement the other day that like questions don't necessarily equal unbelief. The point is that like where the, where your foundation of those questions are. So as a believer, what we're essentially saying and what the early church stated in the creeds and in uh, the things that they, they met and came up with is that this, this God's word is reliable. Like there's no question that the early church 100% uh, believe that what they had as far as the word of God was enough and that the apostles teachings were true and worth passing on. Um, those were two things that we see in the early church that they were, that this is what they did. They, they, they met together, they looked over the, uh, what the scriptures they had, taught those, and then the apostles' teachings <clears throat> went to, on to explain those in clear light and to help disciple and grow people in Jesus and to evangelize. Yeah. So um, to, to say that like, oh, well, they didn't really believe it, like would completely nullify why they were willing to lose property over it, why they were willing to, uh, you, to move to up in their entire life um, because they were going to be jailed or killed over it. Um, 
I mean, they, yeah, we're going to be crucified for, for saying that this is authoritative and this is my standard. So um, to be a believer it is that, to say that the word of God is authoritative and it is my standard. Now, again, I know a lot of people get lost in the weeds of like, well, they didn't talk about the New Testament. Well, clearly in the early, in, in Acts, they are talking about how they were uh, relying on the apostles' teachings and teaching them. Uh, Peter even talks about Paul's words. Uh, being authoritative. Um, I mean, there, there is weight to the words that the apostles had, and those are the words that we have as well. And it seems like Rob has an ending thought that is going to completely tie that up. So we'll let him into that, and then we'll end the episode. New Testament, words of Christ in red. All authority in heaven and on earth, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, aka the New Testament. That's what the New Testament is. It's the disciples of God, the apostles teaching the church to observe all that Christ commanded them. That's the whole thing. At, right after, it's no coincidence that that comes right after he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So either that is all fabricated, stupid garbage lies, or the word of God to include the New Testament teachings of the apostles and uh, are authoritative in the life of the believer. There you go. Is there, I don't have a mic around me. I'm in a camper. Uh, you have yeah. a mic too. Yeah, don't drop that one. That would not work. So <laughs> I guess I do have this mic, but I don't want to. There's, there's a microphone on these. There you go. Headphone, headphone mic drop moment. Hopefully he didn't break them. So, all right, guys. So uh, hopefully that's a little... Uh, at, least, at the very least, an unpacking of the statement, uh, hopefully a little bit clarifying for you. Um, again, I would encourage you, I mean, go watch debates, go read some books. Um, so just to... Michael to, Kruger is another good name for that too. Okay, never heard of him. Okay, Michael Kruger. Mm -hmm. All right, good deal. Oh, no, 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 I have heard of him. I watched one of his lectures one time. It was very good. He has a book, correct? Yeah, um, he's on the subject yeah yep. all right anyway guys hopefully that was helpful we'll talk to you later later taters